We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. All right, Tyler and I are excited to welcome on Kevin Jones, founder and CEO of Blue Wire, podcast network Full Slate is a part of. He's also the host of Striking Gold podcast, and some would say our boss on the Full Slate Airwaves. Kevin, welcome to the show. Do we have to call you Mr. Jones? No, man. Um, definitely KJ. That's what everyone calls me who's close friends. Cody and Tyler, you guys are doing, a, doing an amazing job with the gambling podcast on our network. You know, these are two of our younger guys we took a chance on they're growing their audience in addition to Matt and greg um in this feed so if you're if you love gambling and you want to give some new guys a shot definitely listen to full slate these guys are huge 49ers fans and actually flying out for the nfc championship game i know we're playing this episode on my feed as well too so um niners nation you've got two members two hosts on the on the blue wire network who are who are with you Hell yeah. Thank, thank you, KJ slash boss. Um, but we want to get to a little, a little Blue Wire talk at the jump here. Um, so, Kevin, you started Blue Wire a little over a year ago. Um, so can you kind of talk through your background and the idea for Blue Wire and if you want to hit on the growth a little bit in the past year or so? Definitely, man. It's interesting. So I, I covered the Redskins. I worked for ClevelandBrowns.com. So worked inside the building with Jimmy Haslam and uh, Mike Pettin was there and Johnny Manziel. So I saw the NFL from that perspective. I actually crossed paths with Kyle there in that building. 
he was offensive coordinator for Mike Pettin um, in 2014. And then opening came up in KMBR where I started covering the 49ers and Warriors. Honestly, the Warriors coverage in San Francisco is amazing already. The Athletic does such a good job. So I, I kind of put my my chips with the 49ers coverage. I kept going and I, I really got sick of being a reporter. It wasn't the dream that I expected. I actually just like talking to fans more than I liked interviewing the athletes and kind of I, I kind of lost uh, my love for writing, honestly. And I started to really be fascinated by podcasting and how it's been, it was and how people built communities. I just looked around the landscape and I was like, there's so many people feeding their podcast into nothing. There's so many good sports minds out there who haven't been valued properly. We should band together. We're, it's going to be hard for all of us to blow up if we're all on the same team. We can start to get the attention of advertisers. Um, so yeah, we've grown, man. We went through the 500 startups accelerator program. They invested 150 K into our business. We have a couple other investors, actually an NFL player. We're excited to announce who that is a pro bowler in the NFC. Um, so it's cool, man. There's a lot of people who believe our vision. What is our vision? I don't, I don't know. Right now it feels like we're kind of like Sony, like a new age Sony who's Sony. They put talent together and they find opportunities for those talent. We're trying to grow our podcast and do partnerships and, um, you know, actually create uh, like motion pictures, how, how Sony has done like uh, audio documentaries. So I, I look at, I almost look at film companies like I, obviously Sony has PlayStation, you know, we would just be a faction of them, but you know, my vision is not a true media outlet, not, I don't want to become the next ESPN. I don't think people want the next ESPN media is changing so much. I think people like, individual tapas more than they like a brand and so we're finding individual someone said this thing really cool about blue wire they said you know what blue wire is it's a graffiti wall and each person comes up and kind of writes their show and it's a collection people walk by the wall and they admire you know the section that they like but it's all together on one wall um so that's where we're at we're at right now we're, we're truly a media business monetizing like aiming for seven figures in revenue this year we'll see what happens fellas um but that's kind of my spiel. That's what I tell investors too, to get them excited. Yeah. I love that uh, graffiti reference. It's really good. And <clears throat> it's awesome. You know, you had an idea a year ago and how far it's come so far. What has been the coolest moment for you in kind of the first year of blue wire? I mean, there's a lot of like small wins you have to celebrate. I would say hitting number one on the charts with um, snapback sports, Jack Settlement, our mutual friend, it's so cool. And obviously those charts, you can kind of game the algorithm. They're not the true actual meanings, but um, you know, we had enough surge to kind of get up there. We've had a lot of podcasts in the top 200. So I, you know, like entering the charts, we have a lot of screenshots of us, our content next to bleacher reports, CBS sports. So I feel like, you know, download wise, we, we hit 5 million downloads our first year in business. Like I, that's pretty cool. We didn't do much marketing at all. I think just the fact that we have 75 podcasts that people really truly believe in the vision of banding together. So, you know, the corporate partnership with Whistle, we're about to announce a few others. Um, and as I mentioned, really excited to get into the, the, the storytelling of everything. Um, our first documentary coming out is, I, I think, going to be a hit. We, if it's not, we're going to try and make some hits. Um, 30 for 30 has done truly an amazing job of innovating. And they've like created a whole new genre that I don't think is being properly filled. So, you know, we're hiring people that are going to spend two to three months putting together a story with music and interviews, three or four episodes that you can binge. And we feel like that's going to help shows like yours and mine 
as new people discover Blue Wire that way, they're going to say, oh, wow, they have like other content as well. So we'll see, man. I have visions of the future. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> uh, I'm enjoying doing it a lot more than being a reporter. I'll tell you that. And it's cool. I've done it in San Francisco where this, there's a huge startup ecosystem. But, you know, I can I, I can talk on and on. We, we should talk Niners because the Super Bowl's on the line. You guys are spending thousands of dollars to get out here. So we should talk about <laughs> the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> Yeah, we are. We're one game away. And I think what you spoke about, I mean, even for us, our first episode on Blue Wire, we jumped into the top 150 on sports podcast. We got a screenshot of our little engine that could above the Woj pod. And I think even A-Rod Corp, um, his podcast. So very cool stuff happening at Blue Wire. And we definitely recommend um, our listeners if you haven't checked out some of the other pods there's a lot of cool stuff going on. But yes, we have KJ on to talk Niners. I mean, this season has been going into last week. It was a playoff game and it felt like a breath of uh, fresh air, just given the way the last five games of the season ended down to the final play every time. And it's truly been one of the most memorable. I mean, that I can remember 49er seasons. Obviously, we had three great runs under Harbaugh, each of those ending in heartbreak. But the way this season's going, I'm curious to know from you, Kevin, like what was what were your expectations for this team going into season? Obviously, Jimmy G coming off the injury, he looked terrible in the preseason, but they brought in Tevin Coleman, they bought in D Ford, they bought in Quan Alexander, plus Nick Bosa. What were your realistic expectations for this team and how much fun has this season been for you? It's been crazy because I've watched him lose almost every game for the last three seasons, really since I got to San Francisco in 2016 with Chip Kelly. I predicted eight and eight this season simply because I just thought they were going to hit some stumbling blocks and the schedule was so brutal later in the season, but they, they just came out on fire, even though they weren't playing perfect. They, they started three and zero into their bye week and they continued to gain momentum after they beat Cleveland on Monday night, after they stomped Cleveland, even though Cleveland is Cleveland, they came in with Odell Beckham, and you know there was hype to that matchup. When they stopped them, they really gained the confidence that we can play against anyone. Um, I didn't expect the defense to be this good. I've never doubted Kyle. I think he can get 24 points on the scoreboard almost any week, and normally a lot more than that if things go his way. I didn't think the defense was going to be able to be this good. I thought Bosa was not going to be able to play all the snaps that he has. D Ford has been kind of a part-time player, but he's been like – um, just like a weapon that they've used strategically and tried to keep him healthy and he was still dinged up. So, I mean, his health is, it, it, they're so much better when he's on the field. You can feel it. You can feel it against um, the Vikings in, in the middle of the season when they were cranking. Yeah, I mean, Kittle has just been unreal. We expected him to be this good. Debo's really come on. Yeah, it's been it's been shocking, to be honest, that they're going to play for a Super Bowl this year. I knew Kyle was going to turn them around eventually. It's crazy it's happening this soon. And guess what? They're going to keep pretty much every coaching uh, coach on the staff. Joe Woods might leave to go be D coordinator in Cleveland, but looks like Salah's coming back. All the offensive assistants are coming back. If they win the Super Bowl this year, who's to say that they're not the favorite going into next year? Ooh, I love to hear that. <clears throat> Let's get past the uh, Packers first. But I heard a stat the other day. The 49ers are going to be one of, I think, three teams in the NFL to have the same head coach and same coordinators going into next year for two seasons. That just shows the, 
the turnover and, you know, coming to this year and after last year, I think a lot of 49er fans and I'll include myself were kind of maybe hoping Shanahan would fire Robert Sala, but obviously it's paid off him keeping him around the chemistry, the defense, like you said, flying around, especially when healthy. But I want to go back. Like you said, you worked for KMBR. And when you first got there, that was the Chip Kelly uh, season, the last year of Trent Baalke. Just how bleak was that? And then you were also there when they hired Shanahan and Lynch. Like, how could you have imagined them turning around this fast? And just what was that last year like with Balky and everything? Yeah, no. So I started breaking news, and it was it was really hard because people were so bad in that building that they were just texting me stuff. You know, both from the front office and the coaching assistants are like, "Yeah, I'm about to get fired. Like, this sucks. We all hate each other." So I mean, it was. The culture was as low as possible. Jed York got on the stage, I think, like January 2017. Didn't have a plan. I didn't think Kyle was going to come here. I remember tweeting, like, Kyle has worked with Dan Snyder. I think he would avoid a situation like this. I really thought Jed, what he had done by firing Harbaugh and then boshing two hires in Tom Sula and Kelly, that people would have been so scared to work here. The fact that Kyle got a six-year deal really set a precedent that Jed was going to back away. And it's Kyle's building and Kyle has made it his building because people care about each other. Kyle is a people person first. He's a smart person and can do schemes and this and that. But Kyle understands how to push people's buttons the right way to keep them engaged, to build uh, bonds. He's tapped George Kittle as a leader to be vocal. Uh, You know, they lucked into Jimmy Garoppolo without if Kirk Cousins was here, would they be this far? I don't know. Jimmy G has truly been, even though he throws his dumb interceptions and his stats aren't the best, he's been incredible, to be honest. He's he's honestly exceeded all my expectations. Mm-hmm. He didn't win them every game this year because Kyle doesn't want his quarterback to do that. Kyle doesn't scheme that way. Kyle ran the ball 47 times last week. So, I mean, Kyle's going to be stubborn depending on who he's going against. But Jimmy G to me was the kind of the story of the season, even though I love the defense and they're probably the reason why they win. I, I don't think Kirk Cousins lifts them this far. I don't think Matt Stafford even walks in here and can do this. Jimmy has a winning trait. He picked up the New England gene. I think Patriots fans are pretty bitter. They don't have him. For, for I, sure. I, Go ahead. I could, I could, yeah, I could tell you now, Kirk Cousins would not be uh, having <laughs> success that Garoppolo's had. You know, there's been games where the defense has carried them, but on critical third downs in the fourth quarter, he's came up clutch. His stats might not bear it out, but if you watch these games like the three of us do uh, every week, you could just, you always feel confident in those third downs, like the Rams game. He didn't have his best game, but the two third and 16s, he makes two great throws that win the game. And that's essentially what you need from your quarterback. Mm-hmm. And even the game in New Orleans as well. I think for early in the season, people were concerned. Can this 49ers team, if if they get down early, the schedule is light out of the gate, right? They get down early. Can they win the game? Can Jimmy bring them from behind? And they got down early in the game versus Arizona, and they swore him back, but I think everyone discounted, oh, it's Arizona. But that game versus New Orleans, where they really went toe-to-toe with the Saints and put up, obviously, 48 points, whatever it was, and Jimmy G was able to lead them down down one late in that game to set up the field goal. To obviously, Kittle put steam on his back, but I think that really put the haters to bay for a little bit. Um uh, 
but going into mm-hmm. Sunday evening's game, um, we got the Packers are coming back to San Francisco. Now, these two teams have already met once. The 49ers smacked them around really good on Sunday Night Football. They won 37-8. to Their defense dominated that one. And Vegas is giving the Niners some love this week. Uh, they're seven and a half point home favorites. The public likes the 49ers as well. Uh, 63% of the money is on them. Kevin, I'm curious to know from you, like what's your confidence level at going into this game? And two, um, are you a game? Um, some money on the 49ers. I don't gamble. Your phone broke up a little bit there, but I think I heard the end of that question. I, I don't, I don't gamble because I want to think I'm an expert. So I just kind of like make predictions and don't keep track of them and think I'm right all the time. Smart. I have plenty of other vices that I don't even need to add gambling into my life. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I would say um, first part of your question again, I'm losing my train of thought. What's your confidence level at Sunday? Oh, night? yeah. I, as you know, like seven or an eight on a scale of 10. I'm actually more confident this week after seeing what happened in Minnesota. This team's fresh. The injury report report was like almost nothing this week. Um, now it seems like Emmanuel Mosey's going to start the game. They probably should have won 27 to three last week. Finally, they realized the killer Weatherspoon cannot play. There's no way he's starting. And if they do, <laughs> you, you guarantee know what the Packers are going to do. They're going to throw it right at him. It's the clear hole in your game plan. So. Um, I think Kyle has has figured that out. That you you know he's going to disappoint Akilo, and Akilo might be off you know out next year. When you win a Super Bowl, like sometimes like players you have big plans for get phased out because that's what that's how the things playing out on the field. He can't be on the field right now. Everyone knows it, including the opponent. So um, now that he's, I, I just don't see the weakness, and the Packers don't have enough weapons. I love Rodgers. He's so clutch. He's going to make a couple big throws. My prediction is like 34 to 20, and it's not really a close game. Packers score late, so it's like 34-13, early fourth quarter. Yeah, I like the sound of that. And I think the thing that speaks volumes about this team, and it probably starts with John Lynch and Shanahan, the way they built it. You know, Killa Weatherspoon and anyone who follows you on Twitter, Kevin knows uh, you're not a huge <laughs> fan of his. You're <laughs> Emmanuel Mosley stand. Yeah, but he gets benched last week in a playoff game. And a lot of guys would throw fit. You know, he goes right up to the special teams coach after it happens and says, hey, if Mosley needs a rest on special teams, like put me in there. I want to contribute. So that speaks volumes about just the character of this team that guys get benched but still want to help contribute. And it's not me, me, me. And, you know, I'm confident, too, in this game. Um, I don't want to hold on. Pause, pause. I want to address that because I've been an asshole to a killer weather spoon. So I do want to say. Um, some, sometimes I have to be overly harsh, um, and 49 fans, no, yeah, no. And like, I, I hope Witherspoon pans out too, because I've, I, I'm going to really stop tweeting about it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop gloating because I've been, yeah, I said it too long, but yeah. Uh, it's all love here, Kevin. It's all love. (laughs) No, no, but I do feel bad because these players are human beings and I, I am someone who understands that. And I, you know, getting called out for your job performance on Twitter by me can't, by anyone doesn't feel good but the fact is that we love this football team and we express our opinion so shout out to you Akilo. if if you or any of your peeps are listening it's nothing personal 
Yeah, he, he had a really good start to the year. He had some injuries, and I think maybe that kind of has played a factor. But like we said, we're confident in this game. And a quick stat, teams that lose a regular season matchup and then have a rematch in the conference championship game where they lost the first game by 20-plus points are 3-14 and 14 straight up, 5-12 and 12 against the spread. So all signs are pointing to the 49ers to win this game. But let's not get too biased from the Packers' point of view. What do you think is... A weakness they could try to take advantage of one thing i was thinking of especially when the 49ers played the rams they did a lot of stretch play action plays do you see the packers attempting that or what, what do you think they try to do in this rematch the rams game plan on that saturday night before christmas was the best game plan that i've seen in the last you know six or seven weeks against the niners the niners were on the ropes in that game and jimmy g didn't play well the first three quarters but Sean McVay and Jared Goff were buttoned up. And I think Matt LaFleur has a similar offensive game plan. That's a really good call out by you. I do still think they attack Emmanuel Mosley. Like, I'm not ready to crown him yet. Um, I would be putting Devontae Adams a lot in the slot against K1 Williams. They're going to have to, like, pick their spots. They can't put Devontae there every play because then the 49ers will, like, adjust. But they're going to have to set up some type of big plays the the Packers are going to have to score quick in this game I'm not saying early but like the ability to do a four play 72 yard drive they're going to have to respond they're probably going to go down they just can't get too far down if you let Rodgers hanging around and it's a seven point game in the fourth quarter you are in trouble I think that's all the Packers are you know they're they're going into this game confident but in their head LaFleur has got to think that just Hopefully this game is within seven in the fourth and then we definitely have a chance. Right. I think the big thing here for the 49ers, Jimmy G had the interception last week. I think for them, it's a matter of limiting turnovers. Um, As long as they take care of the ball, I think they should be in good shape. Some of these stats from last week and just in general, when they've had the full defense weapon and all the toys are out, like, with Quan back, Jaquiski, D Ford, they've had eight games in which all three of those guys have been in the lineup. Defense is allowing 12 points a game. They're eight and zero straight up, six and two against the spread. And even like looking at the stats from last week, for instance, Stephon Diggs that touchdown that's 41 yards. The Vikings had 32 other plays totaling 40 yards. Um, I think 49ers a key like just limit Aaron Jones on the ground and. As long as they're not turning the ball over, I agree with you guys. I think they're in good shape to win this game. Bottom line is you never know. Uh, in the NFL, truly is any given Sunday. Um, but, Kev, let's, let's wrap this up here. So your pick, 49ers minus 7.5. It seems 34-20. You like that one. And that also means over-under in this game's pretty low, actually, 45. So you also like the over in this one? Yeah, I, I think so. I think there could be some boat racing that happens um, with um, my dogs going crazy right now. Grab all <laughs> my listeners get a personal glimpse sometimes on the podcast. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think there could be some, some boat racing that goes on um, defensively. Like what you, you saw last week where there was all of a sudden a Richard Sherman interception and then a muff punt. One big mistake can turn into just the game ending the Packers mm-hmm. saw it um when the, they first played Fred Warner uh strip sack on the first drive and Bosa recovered a touchdown right away that was it they, they never even had a chance after that so that could happen um and that's 
you know, that that's truly in play. I, I think the Packers could like weather a storm and come back a little bit, but I, yeah, I'm going over here. I'm predicting a defensive touchdown. I don't see anything really slowing down the 49ers at all. Mike Penn's a good coach. The Packers kind of overachieved this year. I don't think they should be this far. I think they kind of get put in their place, but I think the matchup real quick, if you want to talk Titans or chiefs, I think they're both tougher. For the Niners, you know, we don't want to look too far ahead. This is the NFC Championship game. Anything could happen. Knock on wood, Kevin. They played a big bomb against the Falcons, but I mean, <clears throat> Kyle has the building cranked up at the perfect level right now. I just, they're going to come out with the right energy. They're not going to be overhyped. They're not going to be flat. They're going to make plays. They're going to play sound football. I'm not worried about it. I'm, I'm curious about the, the week off and then the Super Bowl and people in Miami and there's Instagram and a lot of young players on this team. It's good. You know what I'm saying though? But like a storyline is that they've never been here before. And there's a lot of pressure. I'm going down to the Super Bowl Wednesday to Saturday. And I booked my tickets a long time ago because it's like the best sports business meetings and connections. And just people are down there and it's, it's, it's truly a party the whole week. So that, I mean, that'll be the next thing for Kyle get over this week. And then truly he's lost the Super Bowl before where they were winning 20 to three in the third mm-hmm. quarter. Like he he's gonna have some battle scars, um, and we'll have to see who the matchup is. But I would say get ready because I think Miami is truly in play, and it's it's Ke- happening. Kevin, I, I love the confidence you're giving me. Only a minor heart attack uh, mentioning <laughs> the the Falcons twenty eight to three, and you also said muff punt, which gives me awful uh, flashbacks uh, to Kyle Williams, uh. but. But I'm confident as well. And you mentioned Instagram. I don't know if you guys saw this. It's Debo Samuel's birthday today. Yep. And how on, you know, the more stories you post, the smaller the little tick marks get. I've never seen this many tick marks on a story. <laughs> so check out Debo's uh, Instagram for his birthday. He's reposting everything. But I agree with you, Kevin. I think the 49ers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think the 49ers win handily. Um, I would say. I'd say 27 to 13. I think it stays under, but I think they win comfortably and go on to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I we're we're all in agreement here. I don't think this will come to as a shock to any of our listeners. Um, but Tyler, I I do agree with you. I think this defense, when it's healthy and knock on all the wood in the world, they just fly around and there's like a different level of pass rush that kind of reminds me of the Super Bowls that the Giants won back where, especially the year they knocked off the Pats when they're undefeated. They're just getting to the quarterback with such tenacity. As long as D Ford is out there and Quan Alexander's kind of like the heartbeat of this team. I think he really fires up everyone. Even when he was hurt, uh, Bosa said he's still the MVP of the team. Um, I, th- I see them flying around. I think it's going to be like 27, 14, something along those lines. Um, so hopefully we are all happy after Sunday evening, Kevin. Hopefully when you're in Miami, you can check on the young guys. Make sure Jimmy G's not out too late. Uh, we'll put we'll put that onus on you. Um, <laughs> oh, man. I'm just saying it's going to be a storyline because it it's uh, this team shouldn't be this here this quickly i mean they can be the nf that's the best thing about the nfl but it's like holy crap and i think they will deliver but it will be a storyline for them to overcome with just a lot of young players on the team um guys this was fun i I hope you're not flying home 
Sunday night being like, oh, my God, I can't believe Rodgers did that. Because there's there's a small percentage that that happens. I hate to leave like on a note that that could end that way. But, you know, it's the final four here. Any, anything can happen. My confidence meter is as high as possible. But it is Aaron Rodgers here. It's it's you know, it's him or Russell Wilson is who you're scared of most. Um, and so you, he you you can't rule out him pulling off a Hail Mary or something mm-hmm. crazy. Of course. And, and the and the 49ers pass on him in the draft. That's that's still a storyline uh, 15 years later. Yeah, people forget that. People definitely don't talk about that one enough. Um, but Kevin, <laughs> thanks again for joining. Um, this is this has been awesome. Hopefully we're flying back hyped up, not able to sleep on our red eye because we're so excited about the Super Bowl. Um, but where can our followers find you on Twitter? And again, Striking Gold Podcasts on all your podcast listening platforms. But where can our followers find you? Yeah, Mr. Underscore Kevin Jones. There's so many Kevin Joneses. I had to do that. And then I got verified, so you can't really change your name after that. So, yeah, Mr. Underscore wow, Kevin, nice. Kevin Jones. You can just probably type in Kevin Jones. I should be one of the top few that come up, hopefully. Um, and then, you know, at Blue Wire Pods, we're, we kind of just do like NBA jokes there right now at the moment, but we're trying to get our follower count up there so we can, um, you know, everyone judges that. What are you going to do? So follow us there too. Yeah, guys, we appreciate you. Um, I know we both, we all have to run here, but um, shout out to my striking goal listeners too because we're playing this clip on my podcast. Awesome. Thank you, Kevin. And uh, go Niners. Go Niners. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.